0: If you're ready to feel like your best self, you have some room for improvement in your health, or you're looking to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness, then welcome to the Empire Wellness Podcast. Listen in to your host and renowned wellness expert, Charlene Lawrence, as she shows you how to build your internal and external wellness empire. Charlene is a licensed acupuncturist, certified hypnotherapist, and master of traditional Chinese medicine. She'll introduce you to the solutions that have yet to be on your radar. Now, here's your host, Charlene Lawrence.
1: Welcome back, wellness warriors. I'm Charlene Lawrence, your wellness expert. I am the chief executive acupuncturist at Empire Wellness Center, and I'm the founder of the hypnopuncture method, combining the powerful tool of hypnosis with the amazing healing power of acupuncture. I am so grateful to have you on this journey with me to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness. It is my mission to educate so you can improve and together we can empower, inspire, and grow. Let's dive right in. A lifelong learner and a natural-born facilitator, Andrea Gewertz became a certified Master Practitioner of Integrated Timeline Therapy in 2016 and a certified Trainer of Neurolinguistic Programming, or NLP, in 2017. Most recently, in 2019, Andrea became a Certified Functional Nutrition Counselor. The time had come to formalize her passion for food as thy medicine into a science-based knowledge where she can mentor women and men who are struggling to find their way to their unique biosufficiency and total wellness. Through her coaching practice, she leads her clients on an exploration of food and healthy weight management designed to heal the body and release unwanted pounds and the decisions that stand in the way of a vibrantly healthy and fulfilled life. Andrea is currently accepting new private clients, and if you're struggling with weight management challenges and finally want to end the struggle for good, check out the link in the show notes to schedule your complimentary clarity call and see if Andrea can help you create the solutions you seek. Let's check in with Andrea. Hi, Andrea. Welcome to the Empire Wellness Podcast.
2: Hi, Charlene. I'm excited to be here. I don't know what I'm going to quite say, but I'm happy to be here and talk health. <laughs>
1: yeah, and be on Zoom like we're on all the time. And I, I know, know, I'm sure in your business,
2: do you use Zoom a lot in your business? Uh, Zoom is sort of like my telephone now. People yeah. are like, Zoom's hard. I'm like, just go down the hall and knock on my door and I'll let you in. And we can t- <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I'm excited to do a podcast yeah. because I used to be in radio. So oh. my, my love of the medium of sound is profound. So let's that it there.
1: is very cool. I've always been curious about like radio DJs and mm-hmm. I, I think I kind of glorify them because it just sounds like such an awesome job. But then I've known a handful of people who were radio DJs and I think they were, they have told me anyway that they work really hard for not a lot of money. <laughs>
2: I think actual DJing is truly that. I mean, I worked for National Public Radio, and so it was different. I was building like a, instead of a TV show, I was building a program yeah. on radio, right? Well, NPR so,
1: is like the original podcast.
2: Well, we would take it a little differently, though. <laughs> However, uh, I think podcast people are it's synonymous now with almost radio. Yeah. I, when I left NPR, uh, no, shoot, it's going to be 18 years ago now. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, we were looking at podcasts and going, Ugh, that quality. Like, what the frick? Like, who, who thought this up? And now it cracks me up because so many of those same producers are making brilliant podcasts because right. they're just – that commoditizable one subject, wonderful thing to put out there. So yeah. it's exciting. I've well, come around to
1: again, it. Again, welcome. And so just to kick it right off, I'm curious, what does wellness mean to you?
2: Thank you for asking, Charlene. And you might regret asking me such a loaded question. <laughs> wellness for me is really balancing our souls, my, our bodies, mind, body, spirit—like it's not just food, it's not just exercise. It's really having a complementary and balanced system between your head, your heart, and of course, your tummy. Um, so you show up brilliantly and vibrantly in the world. It, so I, I have a hard time talking about health in an abstract. Oh, it's just eat these foods and you'll be healthy. Or, you know, work out two hours a day. And as a certified functional nutrition counselor, I'm always asked, well, I do everything healthy. And then I go, well, how's your sleep? I never sleep. (laughs) How much do you drink each day? Like how much water do you get? Ugh, I hate drinking water. (laughs) How much exercise do you get every day? What exercise? I'm always at my desk. And then I have to really work with my clients to go. Well, those are really pillars of health too. That your body craves these things. So, wellness. Even I used to be deluded into thinking it was just calories. I. I okay, everyone listening, I was not the goddess of all knowingness. You know, I <laughs> that was not me. I I had to come to understand that balance that we need it, that harmony, excuse me. I don't like the word balance because that's a either or I like harmony because it's really balancing spokes on a wheel to make a whole. And so wellness is having all of those in balance and in harmony so that you feel and look your best, right? So that you really can show up in your brilliance, whatever that is. So,
1: Yes. I, I think you, The usual answer I get to this question is something in the form of what you're talking about, balancing everything. And I know exactly what you're saying. I have people come to me and granted, my patients still come largely from a reactive medicine model like we're used to. So they come in when there's a problem. So they're not necessarily feeling well and they aren't sleeping. And oftentimes these are people who want to lose weight and they're eating, quote, the right things that we've been brainwashed to think are the right things because we think it's calories in, calories out. And there was a time where for me that worked. Like I remember when I was 25 training for a full marathon, 26.2 miles, I'd go do a 20 mile training run. I'd hit up Wendy's on my way home, get a spicy chicken sandwich, go home, shower, take a nap. And then that night I'd eat a whole pizza by myself. <laughs> yeah, I could do that because I was 25. I was working out like crazy and I still looked healthy, mm-hmm. but I bet I had a crazy amount of inflammation and I didn't sleep great and I didn't poop every day. And, <laughs> and all of these things that we know,
2: right are now we know yeah, are
1: important <laughs> exactly. pillars of health. And I would say, even though I'm not at the the athletic level that I was at that time, I'm much healthier mm-hmm. if you were to take a look at the insides of me and the inflammatory response. <laughs> so I... I'm excited about this conversation because I think you and I come from similar medical type backgrounds and we probably give the same advice to our
2: patients. Sounds like it <laughs> from what you just peeped me to. You're right. I would totally agree with you. And I remember that 25 year old me too. Oh girl. I'm so happy she's here today still. <laughs>
1: you, you don't look a day over 24.
2: Oh, you're so sweet. All 52 years of me, I'm starting to feel, I wish you were closer <laughs> It put some needles in me. I could use some acupuncture.
1: We could, we could see what could happen. Um, I really love to just hear your wellness journey. And I know part of your journey involves your family too. So I'd really just love for you to start where it starts and <sighs> share as much as you're willing because With your family, it's not purely your story. There's some other people involved.
2: I'll leave out names for the sake of their privacy. Because one, they're children and, you know. uh, And I even leave out my husband's name, just he'll be the husband. And unfortunately, both my birth parents aren't with us. So my health journey, hmm, I think, really started... My f- health impression, my idea of health and worrying about health started when I was eight years old and I was in the third grade. And you're like, eight years old, third grade, you really, what? Uh, and it's because my mother that year was diagnosed with SLE, systemic lupus erythematosus. Actually, take that back. She was not diagnosed until I was almost nine. She entered the hospital and stayed for months. Um, For anyone who's from the East Coast or listening from the East Coast, my mother was admitted to the Johns Hopkins Hospital, which is like um, in Baltimore where I grew up, like the holy grail of hospitals. It is the proving ground for a lot of fine doctors. And I remember her being there for weeks on end and them not knowing what was wrong with her. And I remember strange words like, there's a hole in her kidney. And I had this image as a kid, a kidney with a hole in it, like a marble was missing. And I was like, Is there an actual hole in my mother's kidney? And they were like, Where did you hear that? I said, Well, yesterday when all the doctors were running around, you said, There's a hole in my mother's kidney. And the doctor said, Well, like there's kind of a hole. Like he was, she was like, oh, There are people listening. But they were really bewildered because it was at a time where they didn't really know much about lupus. And I remember one day being frustrated because my mother was on the floor of grand rounds of mystery diseases. You know, she was in that wing of the hospital. And I looked up from my book and I was like, if you guys are so great, how come you can't figure out what's wrong with my mother? And they were like, I see this kid is just like the mother. Like my mom's like, yeah, she's kind of getting set up just like me. She wants me to come home. And then someday some kid came out of the woodwork. It's like, I think she has this thing called systemic lupus erythematosus, And I was like, ah. And of course, the first thing you think of is my mom going to die. You know, like she'd been there for, you know, we were worried. And my mom had to start to explain to me this idea of autoimmune issues and like having an overreactive immune system. And I appreciate my mom didn't sugarcoat it. I might not have understood all the big words. I was that kind of curious kid that would look it up in the encyclopedia before computers. Mm -hmm. And I got even more bewildered. And I would badger the doctors, because I was like, does she get to come home? Like, what does this all mean? And she came home a different person than when she went into the hospital. And I wouldn't necessarily, because she had to start taking something called prednisone. And so my mother who never had like big chipmunk cheeks came home all puffy and distorted in a way Mm -hmm. from this medicine. And I was like, that can't be right. That doesn't look like my mother. And And she assumed a new form. Did it Hmm? cause her some um,
1: emotional changes as well, (laughs) just from the prednisone itself because
2: it makes you angry.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm. Yeah. So many things now that I'm in this position of looking at health and that, me understanding what a steroid can do and why you give it to a person to, quote, arrest the immune system, mm-hmm. but then forget about, you know, the allopathic people will forget about the rest. Well mm-hmm. <laughs> we stopped the onslaught of the disease, and you laid carnage to the rest of her, right? And so that began my inquiry into this thing called, you guys know best, but how come she's not necessarily doing so great now by their markers. And my mother battled this disease for 20 some odd years. So she was at a time where they, I think over medicated with the steroids cause they didn't know better. And mm-hmm. she had to replace her hips and she had what they call flare ups every so often when she was young, cause she had a, a vibrant immune system, mostly, you know, one that was still replicating and doing its, Thing. And as she got older, of course, um, she passed away at 52. So she was a youngish mom. So she, but she battled it a really long time. Mm -hmm. And so that was life defining. Followed by the same year, (laughs) my poor father passed away from having a heart attack because he was a type 1 diabetic. So, in quick order, I lost both parents. Um, I had a stepfather, so it wasn't like I was an orphan but they both got sick and one died and one came back different. And that I think fundamentally shaped one, a questioning of what is health? How do I stay healthy? Did I always behave healthily? No, but I kind of knew that mm, these things, could happen to you depending on your health. And my mother, as she got more educated about her disease, was like, Andrea, I really want you to be I want you to be less high strung. You know, I think she was starting to correlate her levels of stress and internalizations of stress and projecting onto me like, could you watch yourself? You work really hard. You like to go hard, 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 hard. And for what purpose? Was, she didn't quite say it like that, but she quite she started to lay the framework for me to go for what purpose (laughs) you know later on right and so that began my health journey that was a defining moment at a defining point in my life when i really think health was a thing like i don't know if my children look at health in any way because they have vibrantly healthy parents but when you have sick parents or a parent who dies prematurely um you are changed so that was the defining moment. And then, you know, I started to have my own health issues, right? Um, to my mother's point, I worked really hard. I got good grades. I was super competitive. Uh, I still am probably all of those things. However, now I realize I need to sleep. I don't think I ever really was a good sleeper. My mother would say, I think you came out of the womb awake. And I would find you in the crib, just happy, looking in space, staring at something awake. But you'd be quiet. You wouldn't cry because you were bored. You were probably thinking. (laughs) So overthinking, probably been with me for a really long time. Uh, And so... Around college time, I think all through my childhood, I had like weak tonsils, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I was always having strep throats and things like that. And I was a good doobie taking my antibiotics, yada, yada, yada. So by the time I was in school, I went to school to be a, get this, an opera singer and an engineer Mm -hmm. at the same. Yeah, I know very, that's how I went to end PR. so well,
1: you had to make money to support your singing career.
2: <laughs> right. So my parents were like, sure. They were both mathematicians. You know, one was in, my mom was a statistician of all things and she worked at NASA and my dad was a professor of mathematics. So me wanting to be any kind of artist was like, say what? Willis? like, are you really serious? Like you're smart. You're good at math. You will do math. I was like, I don't love it though, you know? So I said, well, fine. I'll do something called sound engineering because it sounded cool. I didn't know what I was talking about. And I ended up um, finding Johns Hopkins and Peabody. They're this like, Peabody is the conservatory that's now part of Johns Hopkins University. And they have a double degree program. And I ended up in that program. So (laughs) that's how I got the engineering part with the music part. So I got to sing and I took, those darn electrical engineering classes, (laughs) I had a lot of credits. It was nothing for me to have 20 credits a a semester. And so it was a double degree program, but pretty intense. Mm -hmm. And it was wearing me out. So the first knock on the health door for Andrea was, it's time to take those tonsils out. Now I'm a singer. It's like, what? (laughs) Like, I don't want to take out my tonsils. I did, and I had to relearn to sing because the inside of my throat was different, you know, and the structure and the vibratory field and all this jazz. And so that was like, oh, my God, life-defining moment. I better take better care of myself. Ah." You know, and I had a highly acidic stomach from stress now. Like, you know, and that's when I met my first naturopath and holistic doctor and all these people that started to change my idea of health. Like, I started to acquire... Uh, I call them teammates in my health journey to help me be a better health person. Now, mind you, this is all 2020 hindsight. Y'all, I didn't have any plan. I was just going to the person who was going to make me feel better with the least drugs at that time, right? Like, And that's when I got turned on to acupuncture. And Baltimore had a very good school of um, Columbia, Maryland, of fifth element medicine of, ch- of acupuncture this is a plug for Charlene because she does traditional Chinese medicine. But then I learned, like, there was, like, the Fifth Element School, and there was mm-hmm. TCM, and I I'm was like, am trying oh. to, is it, what's the name of the school? Oh, it's changed names. Okay, Not, okay. Um, everyone knows Fifth Element yeah. stuff. For, for yeah, there's only, things. yeah, yeah but, uh, there's uh, only, it, like, one. I think it's the Maryland Five Institute of Traditional Chinese. Uh, okay. They, they have now added traditional Chinese medicine, but they used yeah. to be, oh, yeah, the name will students. come to me later. I but know, of course. there <laughs> was a school <laughs> and I went to study with the students and that's when I began to fall in love with acupuncture. So you do hold a very special place in my heart because I was amazed at the transformation in me because of acupuncture. And then I was like, I'm going to be an acupuncturist too. <laughs> don't tell me I can't be everything I want to be. Uh, And so I would read the books. I have a couple of, you're like, what are my favorite books? Well, I have so many favorite books. So that's a whole other thing. And they (laughs) range the gamut because I'm just insanely curious, right? And so I had people that taught me how to detox. And now some of them I think are quacks. But, you know, like all of these people were changing my view of health Mm -hmm. and like what it meant to show up as healthy. So, but one of the things they never told me, was get more sleep. I mean my acupuncturist did, but I was like, yeah, I get plenty of sleep. But I think if everybody had universally said, "I'd like to see your sleep log and you are getting sleep between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. in the morning." <laughs> like if they had done that, I would have better habits cuz now I I I I time myself. <laughs> like I I actually I'm like, can I make it up (laughs) all the years of not sleeping? Because, you know, I started then to work in radio and working around the clock. I broke my clock, I broke my internal clock. And so, you know, my big other pillars of tragic health issues, and knock on wood, they really weren't tragic, but they felt tragic at the time, right? (laughs) Was when my thyroid went crazy. I was on assignment in St. Louis going to the hospital. I'm in charge. I'm like going to the emergency room. I'm like, I have a show in two days. I can't be in the hospital. Of course, that was not helping my issue. And we discovered it was my thyroid three weeks later back home in Maryland. And so I'm like, my thigh who? (laughs) You know, and and so learning to support that, but not really learning people. I just went through. I used non-traditional ways to hack my thyroid to resist being removed <laughs> so I, I said oh you're not cutting it out i read that it's too important for you to cut out no 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 my endocrinologist was like who is this crazy woman in my office and i said give me 90 days and i changed i went from being a hyper thyroid person to a he's like you did this with food i was like yeah, yeah. uh i did actually
1: i'm gonna have to link up in this episode, I'm gonna to have to link up my episode about the thyroid, Being myself being a thyroid specialist. And I had a patient just last week who said, oh yeah, I'm getting, um, they found a bump on my thyroid. So I palpated it uh, for people not in the industry. I felt it, I felt her thyroid and she definitely has a bump. And this is a woman who recently went through breast cancer treatment. And so of course, you know, it's important to be very um very safe with any mm-hmm. bumps. And she's I told her I was like, unless you have thyroid cancer, I was like, do not let them take your thyroid because every single cell in the body uses thyroid hormone. Yeah. And that's it's the only hormone that is used by every single, single. cell. And so it's important. It's extremely important to have a healthy thyroid. And when they want to remove a thyroid because of a nodule that's non cancerous say, nine nodule, we can manage
2: this. We don't have to take it out. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot in common. So my little endocrinologist was like, okay, I'll give you 90 days. But if you want all these symptoms to disappear, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, I'm wanting to bear children. I I mean, I knew enough to want to keep it, right? <laughs> and so, yeah, through a combination of acupuncture, regular I mean, like religiously each week. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked with a MD who was also a naturopath, mm-hmm. and he um he helped me do homeopathy, and then I worked with an osteopathic physician to do to keep the fascia flowing, who did manipulate. So I had traditional osteopathy manip- you know, manipulations yeah. each week. And people were like, you're always at the doctor. And I was like, yeah, because I want to always be here <laughs> moving forward. And it taught me a lot. And it I even wowed myself with the blood test results that the endocrinologist was like, can you tell me what you ate? I said, I think it's what I ate, but I think it's the whole package too. Yeah. And so I got him and he was so impressed with the turnaround of this thyroid. He really did start asking people. I mean, I ate cabbage morning, noon, and night, like brassica vegetables, like every meal. Thank God I love kimchi because I was like, kimchi with breakfast, kimchi with lunch. I mean, I was like, I can add cabbage to every meal. He's like, you can? I was like, yeah, I can. Or some kind of one of those brassica vegetables. It, was, it wasn't It was hard. Now, if you're not accustomed to those vegetables, yeah, it'd be hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and the supplementation is like secondary, but it that was there too. And And he was like, well, I'm going to start doing this. I mean, to this day, he tells people all the time. about what I did. So that, and then getting pregnant was hard the second time. So that was a journey. Mm. And then I birthed children that had terrible food allergies (laughs) and that, I mean, insane. And then that's for everyone listening. Imagine this. You're a nice, assuming mother. You're doing all the right things. You have a baby and they're covered with eczema. I really want to tell this story. I mean, covered, like head to toe. Like, my kid came out of the womb um, with cr- horrible skin. Most babies had beautiful skin. But she was in too long. And so all of her skin, she was pickled because she had sat in that <laughs> amniotic fluid too long. And you long. ate
1: all the kimchi.
2: Well, that was before. You know, I, I ate a balanced diet. I avoided seafood because her father's hideously allergic to seafood. So I was like, I don't want her to. Now, of course, she's not allergic to that. She was allergic to everything else. Um, But we didn't know. But I, you know, quote the baby first weeks, nothing seemed to get better. And she had these really red cheeks that now were like inflammation, because I was eating whole foods that were not good for her. And so finally, she was about 10 months old. And I said to the doctor, this is crazy. She has creases in her body that bleed regularly. How can this still be normal after 10 months? This is not normal anymore. I know I'm a new mother, but something tells me there is something wrong. <laughs> and she's like, well, I guess I could do some labs and see if she's got some food allergies. And I was like, well, let's do something as opposed to telling me show outgrow it. Because now we're 10 months in and she has not outgrown anything. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they did regular IGE food testing of my poor little baby. <laughs> and it was the Friday before Memorial Day. I'll never forget this. The doctor's like, oh my God, she's allergic to wheat, barley, eggs, tree nuts, peanuts, legumes, peas, tuna, salmon, onion, garlic, 11 things.
1: Oh my goodness. And And I was like,
2: she's 10 months old. She doesn't eat those. Well, she's getting them through your breast milk. And I was like, so I have to cut these 11 things out of my diet. No, I like all those things. I was like, oh, okay. So I stopped eating those things to see if it were true 72 hours lady later 72 hours later my kid had beautiful skin and i kind of wept that i had poisoned my baby for 10 months
1: so she had an ige out aller- allergic response <laughs> which is the full on potential <laughs> anaphylactic allergy where i do a lot of food sensitivity testing with my patients that we're looking at IgG, IgA, IgM, which are those sensitivities. Like it's not going to kill you if you have salmon or if you have garlic, but to her, like if she had encountered it too much for too long, it could kill her. Right. Yeah.
2: Thank goodness she had an immature immune system, but I did her body absolutely zero favors by eating those things during the course of the time that she nursed, and she nursed for like a year or so. So I cleaned up my act, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: her skin cleared up, and you would never know she was the kid with the eczema and the scratchy and the red faces. And I look at pictures from back then and I'm like, oh, that was before we knew that I was poisoning her. Mm -hmm. And to this day, she's still hideously allergic to tree nuts, wheat, barley. And she now has an egg intolerance. I'll say egg won't kill her, Mm -hmm. but I am very reluctant to let her. um, I mean, she's about to be eighteen, so you know, if she wants to go down that road, she can. But as a mom who's trying to nurture her to take care, good care of herself, I have worked really hard for her to understand, you know. But then they're non-negotiables. If she inhales wheat like flower touches it she's in the er having an anaphylactic problem like morphing in front of her face like her friends are like you're turning into quasimodo and sometimes they see it before she can feel it
1: Mm -hmm.
2: so food allergy like that like as you said and thank you for letting people understand that the ige test is that test for allergy and then the rest can be really factorial like how much can really do something to you and Mm -hmm. since then since she we discovered this before memorial day (laughs) almost 18 years ago um yeah we've had a gluten-free dairy-free house Mm -hmm. um up until the time she had her first egg at 10 years old in a food challenge and was then deemed um safe enough to be exposed to it Mm -hmm. and so we then had to make it so that her body would continue to tolerate it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it wouldn't backslide. And she loves eggs, but I'm always like, you know, she'll get through these blow ups and have like um, really bad, like acne Uh, every now and then. I'm like, so how much sugar did you eat? Where'd you go? Do you have a lot of ice cream? And she's like, can you leave me alone? I'm like, well, your skin is telling me everything I need to know. No, (laughs) don't ask me about some potion to put on your face. If you yourself, refuse to follow a diet that will keep that internally at bay so it doesn't try to come out through your skin ladies and gentlemen charlene and i are here to report that if you have psoriasis eczema all of these things and it sometimes comes and goes it's an internal issue that if you regulate that those incurrences, while i can't say it'll cure you it will certainly make them not as regular and that's really true with their kids struggling with acne. Because now my husband, who was shocked too, who's a scientist who was like food allergy, he has a seafood allergy, so he believed in it. So it's cute seeing my husband, who's Mr. Science, seeing a kid with a runny nose and under eye circles and scratching all the time going, his parents know that he has a food allergy. Why are they feeding him that? And I'm like, maybe you could go ask them because I'll look like a freak, but they might take it better from you if you go ask them. (laughs) But no, I mean, he, he sees it now and he Mm -hmm. has been called upon by friends for the same thing. So he's learning, he's learned a lot, Mm -hmm. but both kids have hideous food allergies. So we carry EpiPens for three people in my family.
1: Yeah. And with that IgE response, that's when you definitely need an EpiPen, because, I mean, if, if she even inhales flour, like you said, there's countless ways that that could happen. And then it makes going out to a restaurant so difficult and scary.
2: <laughs> yeah. Really scary. Um, so COVID, the year prior to COVID, my daughter had nine trips to the ER. My goodness. It was the worst year as a parent because she was out with friends.
1: Yeah.
2: She was in social situations where it was supposed to be safe. And again, if you're if a kid says to you, is wheat or nuts in this, they are probably not strong enough self advocates to say, I will die. Right. She doesn't want to wear a meta alert so that if you're asking and you're a smart adult, you'll go, Oh, the kid probably is asking because they might die. Um, because it's been times when adults have thought, oh, she's just being a kind of snooty Orange County kid asking mm-hmm. for, I don't like gluten. <laughs> and that's a nice way to say I really, gluten covers her not getting wheat. So we have said, right. you know, can I? is it gluten free? And many times because the child has asked and not me or her father, um, they've made errors or they've omitted or they didn't take it seriously. And then when the ambulance comes to their restaurant or their place of business, then the apologies, we're so sorry, oh my God, we just looked in the book. And I'm like, $3,000 later, because of the ER and an ambulance, you should have looked ahead of time. I'm sending you the bill, you know, because I know my child asked, she's not afraid to, to ask. Oh, anyway, so food allergies, big deal to me.
1: Definitely, and I think it's it's oftentimes when you attach that dollar figure to it and say this could result in a three thousand dollar bill that I will be passing along to you. <laughs> Would you please double check? And yes, food allergies, especially allergies, because I have a gluten intolerance but I can eat it and it's not going to kill me. It's going to make me feel a little crappy for a day or two, but that's all. And when you're talking about allergies to the point of sharing an EpiPen, that's some serious business.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: So Andrea, I have one last question before we begin to wrap up because I have a feeling we can go off on this for quite a long time too. Mm. So when did you get into becoming a functional nutritionist? And clearly, I think we see a little bit of how your journey took you to that, but what really made you flip that switch? Especially, it sounds like you had a great career with NPR, which would, in my opinion, sounds like an incredibly fun career to have. <laughs> right.
2: Well, uh, it too was, I think infinite design, right? Um, I think I was given a lot of instances to be a resource for people. I was definitely at every school that my children have attended. I was like, that's the mom who deals with the most food allergies. She's oldest mom. (laughs) Oops, she's she's that girl with a food allergies mom. Uh, And so I would routinely get asked what if, is this analogy? Is this? And I'd be like, well, you need to check with your doctor. And I was like giving away this information. And because I almost felt like it's a PSA. I mean, I would do it as a PSA any day, right? My second child is the reason I went into this health field. And and that's because she was born an outwardly beautiful baby, um, but around... What is it with me? In ten months, (laughs) at around ten months, I'm like, you know, my little person is not wanting to crawl. She's not doing anything to want to walk. She's kind of like just here, but kind of not here. And uh, we had an incident, and of course, you know, she got quote an ear infection, so she was given an antibiotic and a, a analgesic, like a pain reliever, and I've always thought we have sensitive systems because we don't really inundate them with lots of gunk. So a little bit goes a long way. And I told the old pair, because I was still working in radio at the time, if her fever exceeds 100 degrees, because I'm not afraid of fever, like up to 100, I'm like, it's the body's cleanup system. I need that fever to do its job. So if she gets to like 101, seems uncomfortable, you can give her a half a dose of this fever reducer. Please do not give her the fever reducer and the antibiotic at the same time. Okay. 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 So I leave and my kid was a little feverish, but I was like, she's fine. She's not really fussy. It's the body doing its job. I came home and my kid was catatonic compared to the way when I left. She was just sort of sitting there like, and I'm like, oh, the baby's been good all day. And I'm like, has she been like this all day? Oh, she took her medicine and she took a nap. I said, did she wake up like this? Oh, she's been quiet all day. And I'm like, ready to strangle this woman. And I said, um, uh, so fortunately I had some really good osteopaths in my back pocket, took them and they were like, um, what happened to her? I'm like, uh, I think they gave her this and this together. I don't really know, but please bring my baby back. Um, in that moment, she was forever kind of different like we don't really know but it was 10 months old so Mm -hmm. so by you know 13 months old she still wasn't walking she was different she stopped following me with her eyes Mm -hmm. after that incident Mm -hmm. so little things but she would look I don't know she was not fully present to where we were in this time so I called this beautiful service here in Talked to my pediatrician who was like, well, maybe there's something wrong. And uh, we called the regional center here in California, uh, near where I live. At that time, it would have been Orange County. And they assessed her, found all kinds of delays, so I wasn't crazy. And they blessed us with rigorous treatment for her. um, That really started to activate those neurons for her to thrive. And she it's not that she wasn't thriving, but they sensed potential, I guess, and gave me this ABA therapy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, all of this to try to get language into this person. And classically, she still had very little language, if any, at three. So began this journey for those parents listening who have a kid. On the spectrum of autism, autism is a classical definition of a lack of speech, especially mm-hmm. if it's not acquired by that 36 month part. You know, the the wheelbarrow for when you're going to have a kid on the spectrum is defined by this language categor- categorization, and of course, there's so many gradations of it, this, that, and the other thing. But autism means lack of speech, mm-hmm. and my kid really had a lack of communicable speech for a long time and it was through a lot of work and a lot of interventions and leaving a job because this was not something i could outsource to babysitters and au pairs and so now i was like okay i'm the general contractor of baby number two's life <laughs> i have a full-time job um, i was a successful career woman and all of the emotions that went with this as they now say non-paid job that women do i fully felt that and I decided that I needed to work for myself or I needed to have some outlet for myself as a woman as somebody who was so used to running things other than a person (laughs) because you can't run people. So I was like really frustrated and internally very conflicted. So I had to find an outlet and so entrepreneurship was it (laughs) because I could do that from home. And for many people listening that was usually in the field of direct sales network marketing because that's what most home-based business people do. So I tried all kinds of, not all kinds of things, really three things um, and based really my entrepreneurial journey on hours of the day that I could do it. So I could do both, (laughs) frankly. And increasingly that first was in direct sales and selling women's clothes. I was a cabbie consultant for a very long time it helped me gain friends here in california because i moved pregnant with baby number two so i didn't know anybody so i had to become an entrepreneur to gain friends and meet people like charlene through my friend anna because i was out networking i mean i really credit cleo that's my daughter's name with actually um making me a better human yeah she made me a better human she taught me that intelligence isn't just book smart. She taught me um, compassion for difference. And um, showing up in excellence isn't just about getting A's in school because she's a brilliant artist. And she's um, she humbles me in her presence to the world. She's so present that she is the barometer in our family. When we're stuck with things, we go, what would Cleo do? because Cleo's answer will be immediate, a response to the thing at hand versus what if, coulda, shoulda, woulda. She's a very in the moment person. And so um, that has made me a great entrepreneur because it's like, oh, I gotta solve this problem today. And then I can get to the next thing. So she is the reason I'm this way. And then it was like, you know what? I'm tired of playing just the food allergy person. I wanna go become, I wanna know all of the body systems so that I can help my family first and if there are people who want to work with me because I have sleuthed through so many cases already. um, If I don't know, I'll point you to the right person who will facilitate that next thing. But at the same time, um, I truly believe if we listen to the clues our body is giving us, we will find uh, the root and we can then address the root. And then all the other parts will fall into place. So Cleo's birth, Cleo's neurotypical differences Mm
1: -hmm.
2: prompted me to be an entrepreneur, which availed me to a whole new life. And I can't believe I waited this late to be one. (laughs) Like, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I wish I'd known about entrepreneurship, but I had those classically trained Mm -hmm. W2 parents uh, who still think I'm a (laughs) kook, you know. And I went back back in uh, 2019 or 18. I finished Year one is 21 now. So uh, yeah, 2019, I went into the Functional Nutrition Alliance by another Andrea Nakayama. Shout out for her and the alliance and that group because I've looked at tons of programs. Again, Divide, Providence, it was just really, oh, you do all of these things? That sounds really smart. And I just jumped in. I do that a lot, by the way. And then I'm like, wow, this is great because I really have learned about all the different systems of the body to treat you uniquely from the way I would treat myself or the way I would treat my kids. And um, there are universal, sure, but there are many ways for each of us to get to, I call it vibrant health, right? Where we really are thriving. So that's how my entrepreneurial journey wove itself into my life, the fabric of my life with my family.
1: That is wonderful. And I'm glad that your daughter was such a beautiful catalyst for you to help others Like, I mean, you were already helping others, but to really broaden your reach. That's amazing, Andrea. Thank you. And so as we begin to wrap up, I do have a few final questions. Number one, if you could text one tip to everyone on the planet on how to be well, what would it be?
2: Get your sleep as many hours as possible before midnight. Mm.
1: I love the, quality- the midnight one, yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, it is as much as I have resisted being in broadcasting, bearing children, um, that clock and that barometer of that sleep before midnight, I will use myself as an example. If I put myself to sleep at 9.30, 10 o'clock, that sleep between 10, let's say 10 to midnight is like times two compared to the sleep. If I went to bed at midnight and slept till nine. Mm -hmm. So that 10 to to 12 sleep is like, I don't know, it's just gorgeous sleep. Your body does so many good things in those two hours that will transcend up to, you know, four or five o'clock in the morning. Everyone that those sleep hours are your body's like Cleanup time, rejuvenation time, and every time we deprive those organs of that time to do its work because we are divinely created to be really optimal if we treat ourselves right, um, is golden. And I just wish I had known sooner because I'm now trying to sleep like a champ. (laughs) To be vital and to be well, uh, sleep would be the number one thing. It balances it all out.
1: Yes, that is a great recommendation. I completely, I wholeheartedly agree with you about the sleep, and probably something from our mutual Chinese medicine training is showing up in that. Now, you touched on it earlier, and I know the audience can't see, but you have my idyllic background on your Zoom right now. And I've said, eventually, I will create a room in my house or my office, one of the two, where it is just floor to ceiling bookshelves. I will have that ladder that you can drag across, and that's the background that you have. So I'm i am sure this will be a challenging question to answer, but what is your favorite book?
2: Oh my goodness. So I was known as a kid that was, I would read My mother was like, oh, my God, give her another book. Just stop it. Like, she's bugging me until you give me books. It was a childhood thing. Like, I did have a home in Maryland where, not floor to ceiling, but there's tons of books. And when they were packing us up to come to California, like, are you really bringing those tons of books? And I was like, yes. (laughs) So uh, I have reading for fun. And then I have and I'll read anything pop boilers mysteries like when I get to read for fun it's just I like probably dramas or mysteries and good fiction for fun and of all kinds of stripes so it really that's hard then I like to read to educate myself and I do a lot more of that reading and it's still fun to me <laughs> than than most people because I'm always learning and keeping up with like, you know, what's happening. So I was looking through and then I said, well, I picked out things that I like reach for. And you guys are probably, you're laughing. So I'm an NLP coach. So I read a lot of the people that um, do, nlp so i have a book by richard bandler for anybody out in the nlp world get the life you want he's the creator of all this nlp stuff and so if someone says they're nlp coach and they don't know who he is run the other way There's that. I
1: am an NLP novice, and I know about Bandler and
2: Grindler. Well, that's because you have been educated by someone who knows. When I came from the East Coast, and I would meet all of these life coaches, no offense, people in California. But I would meet, and the test was if you knew who Bandler, Grindler, all these people were, because then I knew you actually knew about NLP. But the book that I think changed my life is The 12-Week Year. Do you know this book? I have not read it, but I'm
1: familiar with it. Yeah.
2: By Brian Moran. The 12-week year. Get more done in 12 weeks than others do in 12 months. This is without the cover, so I wouldn't ruin it. It's safe someplace else. This book is like my favorite book Um, because it teaches me to focus. It taught me to focus and to get tasks done in 12-week cycles so that I could supersize my year and COVID was the perfect testing ground to prove that to be true and because of COVID, i went from an online uh, in-person networker to creating my own classes online because i had to and like learning to virtually network but this when i look at the cyclical nature of how i created stuff it was in this 12-week model so this imprinted when i read it then i started reading back going oh i did that oh i did that oh yeah that that'll work And so, and then the rest are all, like, all about health and stuff. (laughs) And, I mean, really, like, full of, oh, this one's really good. Like, I don't know. You'd have to ask me, like, you know, marked up. Like, she's like, you're laughing. I wish someone could see. Like, I was like, I can't pick just one. But get the life you want and the 12-week year. Okay, those two.
1: So, thank you for coming up with a list. I actually, we have a mutual friend who she also has a podcast and I foresee at some point I will be a guest on that podcast. She was a guest on mine and I asked her this question and you, I could see because nobody else watched it, but her, she short-circuited because she couldn't answer the question. It was too many books. And so I have this feeling that eventually. When I'm asked to be a guest on her podcast, she's going to reciprocally and out of revenge ask me this question. And I already have my answer prepared.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was really glad because if I had you, I would have panicked. I was like, well, let's look at what's by my bedside because I have stacks of books (laughs) by my bed on my night table. And it's like, oh, I have this thought and I might want to read about it before I go to bed. So I definitely am somebody who reads for before bed so my brain can like think about it while I'm sleeping <laughs> I do
1: I read my fiction generally fiction right before bed so I can just let go off into something else and then I have really interesting <laughs> dreams probably from the books I'm reading
2: Yeah, I I have had to stop that. Like, I actually have to have things I think my brain should work on. I can't do anything too scary anymore before bed because my whole unconscious mind will go have a field day. Like, oh, no. I've
1: never been a fan of scary stuff, movies or reading. So that's easy for me to stay away from. I do have a quick surprise for you. Okay. We have a lightning round of questions. Okay. I have four quick questions. I just want to know whatever pops in your head first. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. What's your favorite food? Lobster. Oh, (laughs) I'm not taking you on a date. (laughs) What's your favorite type of exercise?
2: Uh, Long hikes.
1: Mm. What inspires you?
2: Mm. Good deeds. Hmm. I like that
1: one. And what is your biggest indulgence or guilty pleasure?
2: Okay, you're ready? Yeah. Korean dramas. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, I can't believe I said it out loud. My family's like, Our mother's obsessed. To the point where I actually know some Korean. Like I sit in Korean markets now. Granted, language is easy for me. I'm a highly oral person. That notwithstanding, I have never spent more than two or three weeks in Korea. Uh, But I am on vacation. But I found dramas once. (laughs) I don't know when I found them, you guys. I can't even remember. And I was taken back to these historical dramas. And I have been bewitched by historical dramas. The production values, the costumes, the hats, the clothes. I just love it. And then the crazy storylines. So that's my guilty, guilty pleasure.
1: (laughs) I love it. That was such a unique answer. That was wonderful. Well, Andrea, I have had a great time and I can tell you're definitely my soul sister on certain levels. And so I can't wait to spend more time with you.
2: I'm glad I didn't scare you with my list. Mike, you still want to hang out with me, Charlene? Okay, good. Oh yeah, I think you and I
1: could um, find a cozy couch somewhere and grab a coffee or tea and just read by read together.
2: Yeah, agreed. No, I have really been delighted. And for everyone who's wondering, how did I meet Charlene? Clubhouse. I think Clubhouse was the the connector tissue that brought us together or in each other's world so that we were like, hey, we should talk. Yeah, I think we should. And so I'm delighted that you invited me from Clubhouse to this space. And I am really, truly looking forward to, like, working together or um, your approach to health is so in alignment with mine. And I'm, you know, when people are like, I need acupuncturist and they live out your way or they're willing to drive, I can tell that they'd be in good hands. Because you went to the school I was going to go to if I went. That road. So that's another story for another podcast. But uh, definitely that curiosity had me wanting to even go to where you went to school. So when I heard you went to PCOM, I was like, oh, I know we're going to be good friends. So (laughs) so that's pretty wild. Well,
1: this was excellent. So go ahead and share how the audience can connect with
2: you. Well, uh, for, you know, I hope by the time this airs that I will have my well-being and worth website up. In the meantime, you can find me on Instagram and uh, Facebook through my well-being and worth moniker, and that's where I'll be posting my variety of classes and ways to work with me. I mean, you can work with me individually, where um, you come to me because you would like what I call a a premier case review to really suss out a plan 12 weeks or 24 weeks to really reform your health. I have a detox and rejuvenation cleanse program that's an eight week program that is being refashioned to be that true 360 approach and they're gonna be two hour classes where we really work on mindset along with a mind journey, a body journey and a spirit journey. And then I am capitulating (laughs) That's what I call it. But people are like, I just want to lose weight. And I believe in weight release. Yeah. So I am creating, because things you lose, you you find again. So I would like you to release and let them go. And hopefully they never come back. And that would include pounds and kilos. So <laughs> that is a new program that I'm working on that's sort of a, aligned with my health mission, but also um, will help people... Get to know me and then if they still need a deeper dive and want to really work on root cause physicality issues then of course there's the premier model and so I'm refashioning all that into a website so I don't have to repeat it you can click on each of the things I have a wonderful woman working on that for me right now it's not quite ready um, but I usually network and people find me through Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn so I'll send all of that over and you can put it there and. You can see the unveiling of my social, no, my digital real estate. Yes. My digital Funny. real estate is coming. <laughs> so I am fully joining the digital age with that. So that's fantastic.
1: Well, thank you so much, Andrea, for sure. sharing with us today. And um, this was just, this was wonderful. Thank you. Well,
2: thanks for having me. And it, I think I haven't really, um, really voiced the twist in the turn. So thanks for giving me an opportunity to give voice to my journey because I think I know I love podcasts because of the journeys I get to hear from. So I hope this helped you and the people that listen to this podcast because embrace the change everybody. Like the changes are what make the journey juicy. So yeah. <laughs> make the journey juicy. All right. Have a great one. Take care.
1: Thank you for taking this journey with me today. Your health and wellness are important to me. It's also important to me to spread wellness across the globe. I'd love for you to do three things right now to help me accomplish my mission. First, I'd love for you to leave a five star review with a comment and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Second, head on over to Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter and follow me at EWC Health. And last, jump on over to EmpireWellnessCenter.com slash podcast and click on the link to book your free wellness assessment with me. Let's get a 30-minute call on the schedule to look at your history and find the solutions that work best for you. That's EmpireWellnessCenter.com slash podcast. And if no one has told you today, you are amazing. You are loved and your possibilities are infinite.
0: Whether it's improving your internal, physical, or mental health, we have more tools to explore the infinite possibilities within wellness. Be sure to visit us at EmpireWellnessCenter.com for more ways to connect with Charlene. There you'll find ways to educate, improve, empower, inspire, and grow. That's all available on EmpireWellnessCenter.com.